Hi, and welcome back to Her Holistic Home. This is a podcast about holistic living, homeschooling, and biblical living. I am glad you're here. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about a holistic topic that I actually know a lot about um, because of some training that I did in the past and then also my own personal experiences. Um, And I've talked to a lot of people about it. It's been several years, well, not several, I guess two years since I've experienced my own birth of um, my last child. But I'm going to talk about natural birth. Um, This is a topic that I would say probably, I don't know, how old is my daughter now? So about like seven to eight years ago, I was extremely passionate about, and I am still passionate about it, probably not to the extent I was then because life has gotten busy and other things and other priorities have kind of taken over. But um, I had, I've had three natural births. Um, my first daughter was born at a birth center in Texas that I highly recommend and love. Um, and then my other two were born at home. And I know that, um, there's just so much information about the, out there about natural birth, but I always hear the same thing also from talking to women that was my biggest argument to natural birth was, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could experience the pain. Now you may have a different argument against it. If you are one to believe you could never have a natural birth, maybe you're worried about other things, but hopefully I can put some of those to rest or at least give you some really good resources where you can kind of do your own research and figure out whether a natural birth is right for you. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. There are people who try and really do everything to prepare for a natural birth, and then they end up not getting that natural birth, and that is okay. But I feel like going for the natural birth is, to me, ideal. I am so grateful for some of the natural, some of the medical interventions that we have. Um, and I am in no way discounting some of them. However, just like antibiotics and just like some of the other things, I think they are way overused in our culture today. Um, and that we are not trusting, especially as Christians in the way that God created us to give birth. God made women's bodies to give birth, to carry a child, to give birth naturally, and to feed the child. Again, not discounting the fact that sometimes things don't work out. As I've said many times, we are in a fallen world. However, I think trying to go for the way maybe it was intentionally planned is the best. And here's the reason why. There's so much evidence to show that a natural birth is better in many ways for your body and your recovery and then also for the baby. And going for a natural birth oftentimes ends up, not oftentimes, it very frequently ends up with less chance of getting a cesarean than um, if you go and do a hospital birth. And the reason why is because of the interventions actually causing some of these cesarean um, issues. And cesareans, again, not discounting them, I think they're overused. There is so much benefit to actually even the gut health of the baby. They've been able to show the gut health of a baby of a baby born vaginally versus a baby that is born cesarean. And it is different because there is some what they call seeding of bacteria that that your baby gets as they come through naturally versus um, through cesarean. Again, not discounting a cesarean they are, I'm grateful for them in the cases of emergency, in the cases where a child or a mother would have died. Um, they are a great tool that we have today. So just keep that in mind as I talk through some of these things. If you've had a cesarean, 
I am not um, putting any judgment on you. I'm just saying that in many ways, like our culture has lied to us about so many things. The medical profession, pharmaceuticals have lied to us about so many things. They have also really lied to us, in my opinion, about our bodies, what they are capable of doing and what God made them to do and what you can do. So let me give my own story a little bit. My own story, and I'm not going to, this is going to be an overview, a general overview of natural birth. And I will go into specific topics either as requested or as they just decide to go into them. But, um, my story was I was absolutely dead set that I was going to have hospital birth and epidural. I was like, I don't want to, oh my gosh. I was just always told how painful it was to go through natural childbirth. I want to have an epidural. I'm in the hospital, et cetera. When it was time for me to give birth, I was looking up different places to birth and I loved this one birthing center, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to have a natural birth. And I have, then I saw some births in my, in my life, in my family, and I'm not going to go into those stories just because they're on private details and things like that. But that confirmed that a lot of what this documentary that I ended up watching, and I'll mention it later, the business of being born, um, it confirmed that what it was saying was actually true. And that's kind of what changed my mind in the end. I'll be the first to say I was very judgmental of people who didn't get an epidural. This was before a little bit before I was crunchy and before I was holistic as I am now, I had just dabbled a little, but I was like, oh my gosh, you think you're going to do without an epidural? Okay, good luck. You know, and I'd say it like that. It was very sarcastic and kind of rude. Um, and I think God just humbled me in the fact that then seeing that play out and then going, okay, well, I want something different. And I talked to a friend of mine who was actually doing a natural birth and she was a NICU nurse. And I was like, well, this is just interesting. I, and I said, how are you going to do that? She was, she was going to do it at a birth center that was connected to a hospital. Um, and, uh, she was like, you never know what you can do until you try. And I remember that kind of sticking with me and I had already seen this birth center that I really liked online. Um, and I'll, I'll put the name of it out there. If you are in Texas, it was called nativity and I loved it. It was, um, just very homey and it, and just, you know, nativity having, you know, ringing of like the nativity, you know, I don't know. It just really made me go, Oh wow. That would be so cool to give birth there. It was such a contrast to the hospital setting. Um, and I toured it and I was like, I don't know if my insurance is going to cover this. And at the time I even had this amazing insurance and I, I know now we've never had insurance like it since, and we never had insurance before like it. I know now it was so God um, placed it, God just placed it in our lives at the time because for some reason that Nate birth center was in network for our insurance and we paid like $25 copay to have birth there. And I know that if I had to pay thousands of dollars versus a $25 copay at the hospital, I wouldn't have done it because I was like, well, I'm not going to spend that extra money. Obviously after having a natural birth, I did pay at not, I did pay more money to have a, um, home birth because I was like, I saw the value in it. But at that time, it was like I saw the value, but it was like I was going to weigh the pros and cons with the money. And God just and made that miracle happen for us that they just happened to be in network. And so um, my friend who was the NICU nurse, the reason how it changed my mind to sit there and say, hey, maybe I can try this birth center was the movie, The Business of Being Born. She said, if you're thinking of having natural birth or you're debating on it, watch this documentary, The Business of Being Born. And I still recommend this documentary today. But they spelled out the pattern of what oftentimes happens in a hospital. 
um, with epidurals and Pitocin. And I could really reflect on that experience happening with my sister. And I was like, what they're saying is so true. And at that moment, I was like, you know what? I am going to do this. I'm going to try this and I'm going to set myself up to do it right. So I got myself a birth. We started doing a birth class. We did Bradley method birth classes, which I will say, if you were going to do a hospital birth naturally, I highly recommend Bradley classes. If you're going to do a birth center or a home birth, I actually recommend birthing from within classes. And I say that now kind of knowing both sides of the different classes. Bradley method really talks about how to have a natural birth in the hospital. Um, and then we ended up having a doula. And uh, Adula was great because she got there kind of before we went to the birth center. So she was able to help guide us to go to a birth center. I highly recommend if you are, and this is not even a recommendation. This is like, if you want to have a natural birth in a hospital, my opinion is you must get a doula. There are those that do have natural births in a hospital without a doula, but it is rare. It is more, I, I feel like you have much higher chance of success if you get a doula because the doula is able to sit there and say, well, they're saying this, this is what I have seen. Or if, you know, sometimes there's scare tactics used. Um, and sometimes they'll put timelines. I've seen this happen as a birth photographer where I wasn't the doula. And so I didn't, wasn't able to interject my thoughts because I was just a photographer, but they would sit there and say like, well, I'm going to let you push for another 10 minutes. And I was like, Why? Why? The baby was doing fine. Everything was fine. The mom still had energy, but the doctor just arbitrarily decided, I'm going to let you push for another 10 minutes and then we're going to take you in for cesarean. And it was like, what? What? Why do you get to decide this? You know, or they'll say, you have failure to progress. Well, here's the thing. I guarantee you I would have ended up a cesarean if I had had my first child in a hospital because my labor was 44 hours long. There was definitely times they would have sat there and said, oh, failure to progress. I'm sure during that labor, but I did not go to the birth center until, um, I was like eight centimeters dilated, like, and, and even still they had to stretch my ligaments during contraction because my, my pushing second stage labor was not pushing her down they would not have done that in the hospital either. So I, I just, there were so many things that I could say, if I had had a hospital labor, I would have ended up with a cesarean because there were things that the midwives knew to do and were willing to do that I don't think a doctor or nurse definitely wouldn't be willing to do. Like reach up and stretch your ligaments out, put you on a birthing stool and do that. That's not something that's going to happen. They're just going to say failure to progress. You're, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. Her heart rate also would go up and down sometimes depending on the position I was in. She did not like me being in like a squatting position or anything like that. She did not, not like me being on hands and knees. At the very end, she wanted to be like on my side. It was like a weird thing, but that's just how she was, but they don't mix and match positions a lot of times in the hospital. You're going to deliver that baby on your back. Now, there are some good hospitals do have birthing bars. You can sit up and kind of squat and that kind of thing. But again, that is very rare. Most of the time you're going to deliver that baby on your back. And that is just a not a natural position to deliver a baby. I'm not saying that some women that is, I mean, some babies are delivered that way. Very fine. And that's how the baby wanted to be delivered. That's fine. I'm not saying it's a negative, but to force all women into that position to give birth is just kind of horrible in my opinion. And so I watched the business of being born. I highly recommend it. And then I had a home birth, my second and third, um, and they were very different. Juliet's birth was way faster. Um, and then Tucker's birth was kind of like in the middle, long, because he was big. Um, 
But the thing is, is that getting the epidural in the hospital will slow your labor. And then oftentimes they're going to modulate your labor using Pitocin. Pitocin is going to drastically increase your chance of getting a C-section because it does create contractions that are artificial. They are stronger and harder than your body at that time would naturally produce. Um, and then in addition to that, pushing, a lot of times they will have you push and go push, 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 and they want you to hold the baby there. Whereas that's also more going to cause you to tear, for example, because you are naturally, the baby goes out and then in, and then out and then in, and then out and then in, and then finally out, okay? But we also, they also do routine episiotomies in the hospital, which honestly is just, it's actually better um, evidence-wise for your body to tear than it is for your body to be cut. Um, because your body's going to tear on natural muscle and ligament lines where, not ligaments, but muscle lines and skin lines that's going to be better for your body to heal those together versus if you're cut, it's just the reason why they cut is because one, they're just trying to get the baby out. They don't want to wait for your skin to stretch and they don't want to sew up a tear. Sewing up tears is harder because the skin is not perfectly straight. Um, but learn how to sew it up then. I mean, good grief. You know, it's so funny. The midwife who ended up sewing me up during um, my first labor, she was like a master quilter. <laughs> and I just laughed at that. I was like, of course she is, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, so now let me put this forward. If you are of the mindset of like, I can't handle the pain. First off, you can handle it. You can handle it. I promise you, you can handle it. You don't know what you can do again until you try. In my opinion, it's like a marathon though. It's like, it seems so big, this huge hill to overcome. But when you do it, you get to the other side and you kind of go, oh my gosh, I did that. I did that. And look at how strong my body was. And look at how God pushed me through. Um, and, and that's an amazing thing. I mean, I look back at my births and I go, honestly, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe that I did that, you know, but I did. Um, and then also setting yourself up with the birth class and those kind of things and a doula and the support system, midwives and home births. I have had pretty good experiences with midwives. Um, and a lot of times, like my last birth, I actually did not hire a doula. And my second birth, I didn't hire a doula either because I had a midwife. My midwife was a doula, my second one. And then my third one, um, I probably should have hired a doula. I will say that. Um, so it just depends on the midwife, um, whether you should hire a doula or not. And if you're in a birth center or you're in a hospital, absolutely hospital, you need to hire a doula because the doula is also going to, if you're trying to do a natural birth in a hospital setting, as I said, I don't recommend that. But if that is what you're going to try to do, it's better than saying, hey, I'm going to go in and I'm going to go full on whatever they say, epidural Pitocin, okay? So if that's all you can get to is say, or maybe you have a spouse that's not on board or whatever that's like, I can't do it. I just don't want to. And so you're like, I'm going to do natural in the hospital. Here are some things to set you up for success. Get yourself a doula. Absolutely. Take the Bradley Method birthing classes. And then your doula will help you with this. But the goal is to stay at home as long as possible before you go in. All these movies and stuff where they're like, you know, their water breaks or they're like, oh my gosh, go to the hospital. Well, first off, my water broke many, many hours before I went to the birth center. Now, I will tell you this. The birth center did not, nobody checked me. 
my dilation until I was eight centimeters with my first child because my water had broken first. And they were like, we will not introduce bacteria up there for no reason. We will not. And so they didn't. And so I was not checked until eight centimeters. At the hospital, that's why they put you on a timer with um, once your water breaks. You'll be on a timer. And if you're not delivered, usually within like 24 hours, they're going to either induce you with Pitocin. They'll probably do that anyway if your water has broken. Or they're going to take you in for cesarean. Because what is the first thing they do when they take you in and you are in labor is they check you. If your water has broken, they have now just now introduced bacteria up into your vaginal canal. So, you know, and they're going to do that. And that's why I say, like, if your water breaks or if you... Now, obviously, there are certain situations and your doula will know these as well. You know, if the fluid is a certain way, if your water breaks, you know, you got to go in, emergencies, those kind of things, okay? Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, you're going to stay and labor at home as long as you can before you go in so that when you go in and they start their timer, their timer is a lot longer for you to deliver that baby now. Getting that doula will definitely help with that because you will have support at home. So especially if this is your first birth um, or your first natural birth, a lot of times people are like a little bit worried because their husband's, their husband's like, are you, is it normal for you to, you know, vomit when you're in labor? Yes, it is because of the pain, but it also helps your contractions. You know, is this normal? Is that normal? Moving to this side, moving to that side. You know, doulas are going to have pain management techniques, all those kind of things I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, and the Bradley Method classes can also help with that as well. Um, so if you are thinking, as I said, of doing a natural birth, um, Evidence-Based Birth is a website where you can go and they have lots of different studies and information on natural birth. They have rates and statistics on uh, rates of cesarean while having um, an epidural or Pitocin, rates of, you know, I mean, they just have, they have so much evidence there. So when people are like, well, it's so dangerous to have a home birth. Actually, that's not true. And the facts state that they're not true. Now, if you have a crappy midwife or something like that, who's, you know, get a, get a good midwife who knows what they're doing, who has experience, you know, like there are obviously people who are also out there who want to do what's considered free birthing. I was never one to do that. Okay. And that means they're just trying to have a home birth without a midwife. Um, and I wouldn't do that. And especially so, cause I have training as a doula. So I practiced as a doula, um, in Texas. And then, um, when I moved, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I have kids and it was just really hard for me to call my husband home when somebody went into labor and I just really couldn't do it anymore. That being said, sometimes there would be people or clients who would sit there and and they'll try to have a doula instead of a midwife. You can't do that. I would never take a client on. It's way too much risk because I'm not a medically trained professional like a midwife would be in some of like midwives are, and depending on what you get, there's two types of midwives and depending on the state you're at, you may have both or only one. There's CPMs, those are certified professional midwives. Those are midwives who've been trained in midwifery but are not nurses. And you have certified nurse midwives, CNMs, which are nurses. They actually have a nursing degree but are also trained in midwifery. Um, and so, but they both have ways of dealing with like hemorrhaging. People are like, what if I hemorrhage? They all have ways of dealing with that. They have ways of resuscitating babies. They have all, a lot of the ways 
that they have to um, deal with emergency situations midwives have and definitely birth centers do. So if you're saying, I don't want to do the hospital, I don't know if I'm ready to do a home birth, a birth center is a great option. If your state has birth centers, those are a great option. And let me just tell you, I have been to births because of being a birth photographer and also being a doula. I have been to births where the woman could was not progressing and the midwives at the birth center were saying, you know what? it's time to transfer you to the hospital. And they ended up transferring. And there were a couple that did end up getting cesareans because they started to swell or their blood pressure was going too high or something like that. But they were able to transfer safely and successfully to a hospital. Um, and then, you know, and, and some of them were VBAC clients. And so um, that's another thing to consider is if you do end up with cesarean, it is much harder to get a VBAC um, in many, many, many states. A lot of midwives won't see you. Some are not allowed to see you. Um, some are birth centers aren't allowed to see you, which again depends on your state's laws when it comes to that. So that's why some people who want to get a VBAC, if midwives aren't allowed to, they'll get a midwife who's not certified or something like that to do a free birth with a midwife there kind of like undercover because they want to have a VBAC. I think it's really sad that women have to resort to that, to be honest. In South Carolina, it was illegal to have a VBAC at all. And what was sad about that is there would be people who moved into the state who had already had a successful VBAC. And if you don't know what a VBAC is, it's a vaginal birth after a cesarean. Um, who'd already had a VBAC. And just because it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Now, like uh, my birth center in Texas, they could take you as a VBAC client if you had already had a VBAC. Um but only then. And so it's just, but in South Carolina, no. So it, it was just, it was so, it's so upsetting some of these laws and things like that, which are basically like, we're going to protect you from yourself. But in reality, they don't match up with the evidence. They don't match up with the safety. For example, a VBAC done correctly can be just as safe as a repeat cesarean, if not safer. Now, obviously, certain cases you can't have a VBAC. If you had an emergency C-section where, and I don't mean the doctor said it was an emergency C-section. I mean a true emergency C-section where they cut vertically, you cannot have a VBAC. It is not safe. And there is data to support that that is not safe. But a regular cesarean, especially if you only had one cesarean, it is safe to have a VBAC, but they just don't want to do it. It's the same thing as also like delivering breech babies. There are midwives who are very skilled in that. Have you ever seen called midwife? There's a there's methods to deliver breech babies. There's also a lot of methods to turn breech babies before the baby is born breech, but a lot of doctors don't tell their clients different things to do to help turn a breech baby. They're just like, well, your baby's breech, so we're going to schedule a cesarean. And a lot of times the baby will actually even turn late in the game. Um, and this happens too, but like there's certain, like my doula helped me turn my baby. Now she was never fully breached, but they were like hands and knees, hands and knees, hands and knees all the time to get the baby to turn. Um, but there's ways to, to deliver breech babies. You can't just deliver a breech baby with no skill set, but they delivered breech babies years ago all the time, but you have to know how to do it. And a lot of times it's just easier for them to do the cesarean. It's quicker for them to do the cesarean as well. So there's a lot of that on the evidence-based birth website. I highly recommend it. Um, again, there is also um, some books like Birthing from Within. That's a great one. If you're going to have a home birth or a birth center book, some of it is very voodoo spiritual. So like ignore that as a Christian, I would say. But there is some stuff in there that I just think helps with knowing what to expect in birth, um, especially in that. Um, there is also a book called The Thinking Woman's Guide to a Better Birth. 
Um, that was one of the ones I had to take when I was training to be a doula, um, or had read and, and write up some stuff on. And then, um, there's also Ina May's guide to childbirth. Now Ina May, um, Gaskin is a, um, she is a midwife, one of the oldest midwives in air in, in the U S um, in that, like she kind of started the whole, I feel like midwifery being popular again, at least here, um, she is not a Christian. There's a lot of weird spiritually type stuff in there. So as I said, take it for what it is on that one. Um, but it can be helpful in kind of knowing what to expect and um, birth and statistics in the U.S. and things like that. And if again, if you're more of like a website person, the evidence-based birth site is really good. And then also the business of being born documentary. And I highly recommend, especially if you have, maybe you want to do it, but your spouse isn't on board, watching that documentary together um, can be very helpful and the evidence-based birth, um, as well. Again, if you're going to be in a hospital, getting a doula, taking the Bradley method birthing classes are highly, um, important. And then I'm going to do one little plug here at the end for some of my favorite birthing products. Um, I will share a link for earth mama. I guess they're called earth mama now products. Um, they used to be Earth Mama Angel Baby. That's what the brand used to be. And now it's like Earth Mama, I think, um, is the name of the brand. Um, and I love their stuff. I love their um, happy bottom spray or whatever for after delivering a vaginal birth. Really great. They have some good stuff for cesareans as well. They have some really great um, milk supply tea, postpartum teas. They have some... Um, great little shampoos and lotions that are completely clean and natural for little ones. They have, um, bottom balms. I mean, all the things I love their stuff. A lot of times I will give their stuff as a gift to when I was a doula, I would definitely give several of those things as gifts to my doula clients. Um, I would bring those things to baby showers all the time because, um, they were just, I loved, I love their products so much. Um, and I don't use most of them anymore because I'm, past my baby time. I've had my last child and I won't be doing this anymore, you know, so I don't really use a lot of their products anymore except for, um, some of their teas I do buy occasionally because, um, their teas are really delicious and they have some for just like the monthly, you know, um, teas and things like that. So I, and, and, and Tucker now started using, you know, all the other kids shampoos and things like that now. So he's not even using baby shampoo anymore. Like what is on? And then we're going to be out of diapers here soon, hopefully. So, uh, okay. My sad sob story. But anyway, I will be talking as I go forward on this podcast, maybe more in detail about certain specific details, like regarding, um, natural birth. And I am planning on having some interviews here very soon. One from a, uh, who I, a homeschooling mom and one of the, I would say leaders of the homeschooling community really soon. Um, also planning on having some midwives on here to talk. Um, so stay tuned for those. I am very excited. And I hope you got some information out of this. I know it wasn't nitty gritty details. I'm not putting forward statistics and facts. And I can do that in future um, podcast episodes. But I just wanted to kind of give you an overview of some resources where you can start doing your own research on um, these topics. Because again, if I just spit facts at you, there it's very interesting. But if you do your own research, I think you're going to find that a natural-based birth is a really great option and preferable in many cases over to a hospital birth. 
I would love to hear from you all. So if you want to reach out on my Facebook page or email me at lindsay at herholistichome.com. Um, I would love, or you can even go on my website and contact me that way, but I will see y'all next week.